You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts podcast on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. Excited for our show today. It's going to be a fun show today. We got a fantastic game last (laughs) night. Maybe not well played all together, but fantastic game nonetheless. Fun, close, all good things to me nonetheless. Still a very interesting one, a fun one. Houston gets that game five win over Golden State to put the Warriors on the brink of elimination. So we'll talk about that today. Also some breaking news coming out not too long ago. So again, we'll dive into that. We have a couple of special guests, Nada Edwards. Joining us for the entire podcast in studio, we'll have a sneak of the week feature with David Walker later on, but we do have Nada, the Nada Edwards in the studio. Nada, how are you doing today, man? Man, Walker, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> wow. I get applause? You do. Doug, I feel special today, man. I feel special. Thank you. Nada in town, Nada in the studio today. So again, we will have him. I saw some, I saw people wanting you on Twitter. I saw some people reaching out to you. What yes, your takes? Yeah, we, we will talk. We will talk about that later. Speaking on, uh, yeah, well, we will talk about your Twitter antics or later on. That's going to be the best segment of the show today. That's honestly the biggest reason that you have the mic in front of you today. Oh, I'm very aware. I'm <laughs> yeah, very aware about that. We need to get into your Twitter beef. Um, but also, Doug, it is my understanding that we probably need to get the hot take machine ready as well, because it seems like my hot takes, my lukewarm takes are not going to be near the the heat, the hotness that it is going to be from Nada. On it. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Basically, that was... I'm hurt here. Wait a minute. That's what I'm told. That's what I'm told. What kind of rumors are you hearing about? Again, what, Doug, what are you telling this man? I'm I'm told that you're just full of hot takes. You spew fire all the time. It's not only that. I'm just always impressed by Nada's ability to have an opinion on literally everything. And, and and a well-formed opinion. That's what I mean. Like, you don't, you you come oh, with Oh, it is informed, not without substance. No, it is uh, not. And, and I might agree with it. I might disagree with it. But you have an opinion on everything. I just happen to know a lot of stuff about stuff. A lot of it's useless. I, <laughs> I just can't help be, that. I just happen to be extremely smart. No, what's funny is it is. It's all substantive. It is a lot of stuff going on. So we've got the hot take machine coming ready for us today because Nada is in studio. A couple of other things we'll mention. Hassan Whiteside. Rick Bennell writes an article about a possible trade for him. Also, again, we will get to the sneak of the week. We will talk playoffs. But first, I do want to get to that Rick Bennell article that he wrote for the Charlotte yeah. Observer just yesterday so in this article rick asked the question if gastonia native if you didn't know gastonia native hassan whiteside and the heat are headed for divorce should the charlotte hornets pursue a trade whiteside scoring rebounding and shot blocked were all down this past season but so were his minutes and by a significant margin rick points out 32.6 last season reduced to 25.3 so you're looking for about a seven minute decrease there that was last season. His reduction of minutes was more dramatic in the playoffs, too, Rick points out, against the 76ers. Whiteside started all of the five games, but averaged just 15.2 minutes, which is nothing, minuscule, within that series. So Hassan Whiteside, again, we've talked about the dinosaur in the NBA quite a bit. Hassan is there, and it seems like 
everyone on board is on board with not going for Hassan Whiteside. Look, not a Doug. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I just look at this. I read the headline and you often get in trouble with reading the headline without reading all the stuff beforehand before you click on it. No. Like, no, I, I don't want Hassan Whiteside. I don't want a guy who is a big dinosaur down low who's making a ton of money that you already have Dwight Howard. D- does it make any kind of sense to you guys to for Hassan Whiteside to be in a Hornets uniform? Absolutely not. I, uh, quite frankly, Hassan Whiteside in Charlotte scares me more than Hassan Whiteside in Miami. We're talking about a guy that got paid really off of dominating the Hornets in that seven-game series yeah. a couple of years ago. And... With Hassan Whiteside, you have to worry about a couple of things. Maturity, you have to worry about the fact that he his game hasn't really evolved. Yes, he may have theoretically developed a jump shot. More on that later. But for right now, he's only hitting, what, 30% from outside of 10 feet? Yeah. It's not worth – the juice isn't worth the squeeze with this kid. And as much as I would love to see his Snapchat antics in a Hornets uniform (laughs) – I can deal without it, especially when that contract is as long as it is. Should I read the comments on Twitter to the Rick Bennell article? <laughs> let's, let's, Please. Let's well, get, well, let's first, get the, let's Yeah, get well, first it. let me say this, that he, this is the closest that any Hornets-related tweet will get to the ratio. It has 14 <laughs> replies right now, seven likes, oh, two easy. retweets. That's a juicy, thick ratio right there. <laughs> And uh, all right, so I'm going to just run these down. Uh, DYL on Twitter says, short answer, no. Long answer, hell no. Uh, Derek <laughs> says, no way. <laughs> Let Whiteside go somewhere else. After this season, the Hornets should have $20 million plus once Howard's contract is done. Uh, this is a gif uh, from Friday, I believe. Yeah, hell Chris no. Tucker. Correct. Chris Tucker, yes. yeah. And uh, Eric- I was actually looking for that when I read that headline. Is the hell <laughs> nah gif from, Chris- from Smokey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Eric says, I wouldn't touch that contract with a 10-foot pole. And then uh, Dwight Jr. question mark. This from Ed. Dwight Jr. question mark. Please give the team a break. Arbor <laughs> says hell to the no. A lot of hell no's here. A lot Arbor of hell says knows. no way. Uh, yeah, it's just no, no, no all the way down. As it should be. No, as it should be. It seems like we actually have some some people that are paying attention yeah. out there. Look, it just, again, I just don't know. I don't get how much sense it makes. And, and for instance, I don't know how much sense Hassan Whiteside in the NBA with a lot of other teams make, especially with Charlotte. Like, like, look look at Charlotte with their contract and how max they are with the payroll. And again, I get that if you were to trade something for Hassan, you'd be alleviating money elsewhere. You would have to include Dwight Howard in that trade. And then you would just go through this same exact experiment that you got with Dwight, where if Hassan is shooting any of the kind of the jumpers that Dwight was, which he was good for about two elbow jumpers a game that made you want to gouge your eyeballs out, then mm-hmm. it's just redundant in that regard. It just doesn't make any sense for a lot of teams. It really doesn't make sense for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, you guys are calling him a dinosaur, a, a bygone era type big man. But on Snapchat, he says that that he knows he knows how to shoot. He can do it. This was uh, this was him on uh, on Snapchat. You know me, which ninety five percent of y'all don't. You don't know I got that jump. Knockdown. You can't shoot and not allowed. If you can't tell by yeah. the ooh, he made the shot. Yes. And if also you couldn't hear him, he says there is a difference between I can't shoot and there's a difference between that and I'm not allowed to shoot. Obviously, that's a sick that's burn. A sick burn. That's oh, yeah, there, take that, Spolstra. Look, I, again, there's just no way. I, I would love to know how many takes that took. I would love to see how many times he had to take that shot because there's no way that's the first time. No, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. I actually, breaking news here. 
I actually, I found footage. This was, this is behind the scenes footage of the making of Hassan Whiteside's Snapchat. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. This Let's is exclusive <laughs> footage that only Locked On Hornets has. Great sources, Doug. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, see you later, warehouse. <laughs> Catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs> Catch you later, warehouse. See you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flippity flip. He's trying. Flippity flip. <laughs> this is behind the scenes no. footage. <laughs> flippity flip. Really? <laughs> you made it? Okay. See you guys. So it just took a little doctoring, but eventually it was the last shot that we, the only thing that we played. That's the it. audio. Yeah. That and was the audio we played. The best part about it is if you do a little like observation, you can tell he's in town. That's the Gastonian gym. If right. You look at it. Absolutely. Gas house represent. <laughs> Pride of Gastonia. Is that your high school? That's my, what, not my high school, oh, but I that's my, that my hometown. I don't know what particular gym that is. No, that's probably his high school gym because you can see, you can see the Charlotte Observer banner over the top of it. But again, I'm grateful that he did it here. I'm just hoping that when August comes and training camp comes, he's going elsewhere than Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Flippity flip. Yeah, he, he can he can come here to to shoot in high school, but again, not for the Charlotte Hornets. But again, it just it doesn't make sense. The money is just too crazy for Hassan, who got paid in 2016 when everyone was getting paid like crazy. That was the summer where you saw the TV deal and just getting stupid money for everyone. Every single guy was getting paid all over the place. Hassan, a beneficiary to that, to your point, Nada, where he just dominated the Hornets, or even in free agency then. It looked like Hassan and even Dwight at that point might might come might come to the Charlotte Hornets where that was actually somewhat of a conversation point that Hassan could be a Charlotte Hornet but the Heat they decide to bring him back and Hassan now kind of well, I don't know if you're wishing elsewhere because you do have a lot of money but obviously not happy just with just not here staff. Yeah. just not here. anywhere but Charlotte I think uh, I think the people are with you not a liberty flip I mean this is the closest that we've seen to Hornets Twitter being united so I mean this, this is a unanimous one that's going to be my head all day. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. Time to head to break when we come back. Nada shares his ability to clown a Charlotte Hornet. It's going to be the best. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what? Are you yeah. listening right to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Doug Branson, Nada Edwards all in studio with you today. David Walker will hit you with his sneak of the week later on, but not before we get to some drama. Not it's a drama. Not, this is a minor kerfluffle. That's at best. Sure, we can call it that. Nada deciding to spew some fire on Frank Kaminsky 
with a series of tweets, and I'll get into that now. I quote, this is all from your boy, Nada Edwards. Yes. Like for real, a career 10-point-per-game scorer who might get roasted by the average Joe on D doesn't have time to work on his middling three-point shot. But guess what he's got time for? Defending PFT and Barstool like a bleeping moron. That's a sick That's burn. A sick we go on. The funny thing is, it'd be one thing if he was in the gym during the summer like Monk, Kimba, Bacon, or Hernan Gomez, and doing this bleep because at least maybe he could fool the team into giving him something more than the mid-level next season. But even for him, all caps, that would be a lot. We continue. But for a dude who ownership drafted over Devin Booker because Booker got woodshedded in workouts by Josh Richardson. Jesus! Yes. <laughs> He's doing Hello. way too much talking because he's simply writing checks with his mouth that certain outlets ain't gonna cash when he's done next year. Oh, you were writing, you were writing books on. I, Twitter. I love it. I love it all. God, I love it. Put it in my veins. The first thing I want to talk about is one. I did not know that the Devin Booker Josh Richardson thing. Yeah, that's that, true. That, that, that's true. That's actually true. They worked out together that year in, in draft workouts, and the rumor is that's the reason he's not here. That's, Josh Richardson just so you're saying Josh Richardson is responsible for the Charlotte draft pick that messed them up for a couple of years. Yes, Josh Richardson is. We have doing Josh that. Richardson to thank, and remember he oh, killed you. us in that 2016 no, he series, well, and he's doing well now. So now just getting woodshedded. God, that's that's my favorite part about it all. I, I like it all. That's my favorite part, just getting woodshedded, and that's the only reason that he got drafted. Frank Kaminsky, that is. Jokes so, on Richardson, though. He has to play with Hassan Whiteside. He does indeed. Yeah, yeah but he gets to live in Miami. And he, Fair what, point. what's his contract? Did he get paid? Not yet. Did we, yeah, he's going to get paid. Yeah, now. again, if Tyler Johnson got $50 million, yeah. that man's worth a little God bit more. Almighty. All right. Now, enter Frank, by the way. So that's Nada. Nada taking shots at Frank Kaminsky. So enter Frank. Frank the Tank comes in and says, quote, what's a gym? End quote. That's that's Frank's contribution. That's it. That's, that's the clap That's back. the clap back. So he responded to you. I think that's interesting so enough. let's let's yeah. dissect all this right like let's let's dissect frank kaminsky's clap back towards nada i mean nada just goes in on him man you got three tweets right back to back all of them yes. with a lot of substance and frank comes in and says what's jim which is funny but also you would expect with frank's activity on social media to come back i don't know about harder but certainly to come back with a little bit more than that and he just doesn't so what's not to take us through it what's your reaction when you see my my, my initial reaction is what's a gym is like do i really want to put my potential for getting a season credential next year at risk <laughs> yes. by responding. That was the first thing. So you have the devil on your shoulder saying, you know you want, you've been waiting for this moment for at least a couple of years to do this. <laughs> and then on the other side, it's like, no, be nice, be civil, and leave him alone because you know what? It's it's just too easy. But at the same time, when you tell me what's a gym, he's, I, he's brushing you off. And he, that's what that's what that was. He, that's, was, he that's wasn't was. clapping back really. He was just saying, "You, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna completely disregard everything you say and make uh, kind of a joke about it." Yeah, and he failed miserably at it too. I would add, <laughs> failed quite miserably. Frank Kaminsky coming in, and with in which though again, just what's the gym, and then not, nothing really comes from it after that. But again, that that's the Frank beef. That's the Frank and not a beef. So again, you risk getting a credential next season. And it's you need to relax, Nada. <laughs> yeah, with no what? more. I don't know. I mean, would you? I guess you wouldn't go at anybody else. You said this has been burning with you for a couple of years now. Well, the thing is, 
And Doug, again, we have tapes where I defend the Frank, again, the Frank draft pick. I understood it. I get it. it. My issue was in what you have to, again, what you have time to defend. And again, and maybe this this does extend to me, but keeping quiet is free in certain, in certain, in certain terms. I would have just left it a little alone. I wouldn't have said anything considering that you are in your walk year. They have not picked up your op- option yet, and there's probably no chance that they're going to pick it up, barring anything crazy. There's no extension coming. And we didn't really talk about the context, but but essentially, uh, Deadspin wrote an article about PFT commenter and and his relationship with Barstool and Barstool's checkered past. And then Frank, who is very friendly with Barstool, has a po- does a podcast for their podcast network, I believe, right. came in and defended PFT commenter and and Barstool in general. So the context again, and then that's where that's where Nada it got starts Nada to go. Defending PFT and Barstool like a bleeping moron, to be quote, quote, end quote. Yes. To be precise. He, he, so. he wasn't, again, at that point, I understand what you're doing. You're trying to defend your friends. Sometimes you just got to let stuff ride. Well, and, and again, Frank says with, the man says the man who sent like four volumes of tweets. <laughs> well, yes, Kaminsky. yes. But that, again, superfluous text through my Twitter account is nothing new, nothing new. And right. this also I would add Frank talking about he's going to be a p- more positive person. He's not going to respond to negativity and then has suddenly has time for me. <laughs> You got it under skin, Nada. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not with the clapback. But again, and not even a clapback, as Doug pointed out. But again, he did comment to you. And again, that is interesting, right? Because Frank has always been very active on social media. Then he took a break for it for a while. Doug, that's something we talk about all the time. Specific to Frank Kaminsky is his confidence. And man, just it lacks it. It, it leaks all the time when you talk about Frank. And again, it, it's a lot of you know comments on Twitter that kind of feed into that a little bit. But he seems more confident on Twitter when he goes at it with college basketball analysts about getting paid for college. Oh, the Dan Dockage stuff, the back and forth between him and Dan Dockage is always pretty interesting. I was actually on his side for that. I want to point that out. Well, you kind of have to be, right? I would imagine a lot of people are because if you're finding, I mean, Dan Dockage, it's tough to agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. Again, Indiana bred here, knowing a lot about the opinions that Dan Dockage will spread around on uh, the fan up there in Indianapolis. But again, and you have Frank going back at him. And he does seem confident on Twitter, but then again, you see it come to life and, I guess, lack thereof on the basketball court with a lot of the things that he discusses. So, again, I again talking with Rick about it, you know, he discusses that a lot of these guys in the locker room, personalities, their egos are just huge, and that he feels genuinely bad for Frank because it's just not there with Frank Kaminsky. So, on Twitter, different story as we see, but just not, just not on the court. Not on the court for Frank. So, all right, well, we got Sneak of the Week up next. Maybe a little playoff talk as well. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast with Walker Mail and Doug Branson. Stick around. We'll be back soon. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. The one draft pick you hit on was Kimba Walker, and you, you drafted Bismack Biombo before him. Oh! You got it right the second time, which is great. I am too smart. SMRT. But you drafted Biombo before Kimba Walker. So, <laughs> again, you almost messed that one up as well. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Mm 
Thanks for joining Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. It hasn't been as consistently as I promised, but we got it for you today. David Walker making his second appearance back on the show since he has been gone. He comes on for the sneaker analysis. Doug, now it's time for Sneak of the Week. What's up, guys? It's David Walker back again with your Sneaker of the Week. And I'm really excited about this one, guys, because we're actually looking at an on-court sneaker. That's right. In the past, I know we've looked at a lot of Jordans. We looked at a lot of stuff you can wear on the streets. But today, we are paying homage and giving proper respect to what I think has been the sneaker of the NBA season. And rightfully so, it goes to the King LeBron James. This is LeBron's 15th iteration of his signature sneaker and I think it's better than ever, to be honest, guys. They went with a totally fly-knit upper uh, on this shoe. It's it's more sock-like than a lot of his shoes in the past. He had a lot of bulky shoes because he's a big guy. He needs a tank to walk around in. But this shoe was a little sleeker. It still provided great cushioning for him underneath his foot. But really where they hit a home run with this sneaker was the way they rolled it out. The several dozens it seems like hundreds sometimes of colorways that Nike put out with this shoe. And and lastly, the way they rolled it out, the access, access points by which they made this shoe available was really unlike anything we've seen. LeBron would take to social media as he is wont to do and post a picture of the newest shoe he may be wearing that night. And, and sometimes during the game, you would have access to go then buy those shoes. These were limited releases, very hard to get, and thus obviously very sought after. And they did a cool thing with these. They took a lot of LeBron's favorite shoes from the 90s, a lot of stuff you guys probably remember growing up, uh, King Griffey Jr. shoes, Deion Sanders shoes, some of LeBron's original shoes, and they made this current shoe up in those colorways to look like those shoes which was a really cool touch and added to some of the mystique of the LeBron 15. Now, you can still go get this LeBron 15 at your local Foot Locker, Athlete's Foot, and some of the more limited editions are always available on StockX, of course, and we're always looking for advertisers from everyone at those organizations. So hit me up on Twitter, David B. Walker. If you see a sneaker through the rest of the playoffs you'd like us to feature, let me know. We'll talk about it. And if you've played in the LeBron 15 or just worn it around town, let us know. Let us know what you think about that, guys. Until then, look forward to another great edition of Sneak of the Week. Back to you guys. I'm telling you what, if I want to sell a shoe, I want David Walker doing it. I mean, that is a infomercial if I've ever heard one about a sneaker. Two and a half minutes of just pure content on everything from the tongue to the access point to whatever you want to hear about a sneaker. He's got it for you. I, I, I've never like my take on sneakers. And you remember this from when I had David on. I guess we had David on doing the sneak of the week a couple of weeks ago. It's one of those things I've always wanted to be a sneakerhead. I've always wanted to indulge in that. It's just it, it costs money to be a sneakerhead. It costs a lot of money. And I just don't have it. Like It's going to be one of those things. Oh, that's nice. Is it on clearance? Okay, I'll rep it. And that's about it. That's where I have to end it because there's a lot of nice shoes that I would like to have, obviously. But it just it takes money to be that into it. I just don't got it. Or at least I'm not willing to spend it on that more than other things. I think it's interesting that he seemed to indicate there that they designed the LeBron shoe for LeBron. 
So the, these consumers are wearing shoes that are designed for these athletes that have been made in a lab. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, again, as someone that owns a pair of the soul of the Olympic soldiers, I mean, those shoes are some of the most sleek. They will protect your ankle if you decide to ball in them though. And they're one of those great shoes. It, it's uncomfortable for regular wear, but the LeBron's, these new LeBron 15s are excellent. And I'm looking forward to getting a pair when they go on clearance. Not before then, but when they go <laughs> right. on clearance. But they don't do that for women's shoes. Like there's there's no one making a heel that's specifically made for Glenn Close. <laughs> Glenn White. Well, uh, they, I'm just saying they don't like make women's shoes that are made for celebrities to wear. Well, it's just funny that you went Glenn Close. Is that the first exactly. celebrity? Exactly. That was exactly. Is that the top of the dome? Again, Doug is Glenn 53 Close. years old. I just watched 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Give me a break. Glenn Close, the first one. And plus, would you not go with a female athlete? Would you not go if you're going LeBron James? Would you not go like a Mia Hamm or something or like that? Or Maya Moore or someone like that? Yeah, something like that. Glenn well, Close. Well, I was trying to go completely out of the sports realm. <laughs> yeah, Rihanna would have worked too. Well, because it's, it's it had nothing to do with men athletes or women athletes. Well, I was no. just saying they don't make other types of shoes. Well, that's uh, not what for, I meant. I, I was just, it's yeah, just exactly. funny. It's funny to see that Glenn Close. Doug revealed was. his age. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Glenn Close. Yeah, like old movies. No, that is. Well, we, and we got to your movie, movie taste when you had the movies that you brought up, the Christmas time movies, when you brought that up last show. And Big that fan was, of damages. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, Are though. I, I can't even name, I mean, 101 Dalmatian, that would have been my go-to Glenn Close movie. I don't know if really? I- well, I mean, I Fatal know, Attraction. I know Glenn Close. Well, Fatal Attraction. Yes. Okay. That's that's one. See, I haven't seen it a, a bunch though. Like I've only seen it one time, and I haven't seen it enough. No, to, Fatal Attraction is good enough to only see once because it'll scare the crap out of you. Oh, well, God, she it, was in the Shield. Remember Glenn Close in the Shield when she came oh, in as I like the boss that. that was going to clean house. Never saw the Monica Rawley. Wait, wait, what? I've never seen the Shield. I've never seen the Shield. Wow. I'm well, not. I'm not a huge like. I like to so. I know people are, and I've seen I've seen a decent amount of movies. I've seen a decent amount of TV shows, but like when it gets into, I mean, there's a lot of really good shows that I haven't seen. Yes, that I, I want to get on and I want to be able to contribute in conversations such as these, but I just haven't done it. Now, Welcome the West Wing, I do remember her in the West Wing for her little cameo that she had. She was in a movie called The Chum Scrubber. Yeah, that wow. sounds like one of the movies that we brought up in the last show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The less we talk about the be- that, the better. Uh, the, the less of the chum scrubber. Did she win an Oscar for that? I hope so. I, I think. <laughs> I wonder if she was nominated. Probably a Razzie. Probably. All right, we'll move on to the playoffs. Glenn Close, what a transition, man. Glenn Close to the NBA playoffs. Again, we got a good one last night. We're, we're getting spoiled now. At first, it was awful, but now the last two games, I mean, they were a couple of great ones. Again, not well played. There were there was a lot of questionable mistakes. There were a lot of questionable plays, yeah. even from Chris Paul, who is being praised for his play and rightfully so, but some really odd decisions to decide to hang on to the ball until basically two seconds in the shot clock and then put up a prayer from beyond the arc. But was weird is those are the ones that he hit. He missed all the open ones and he would hit the crazy ones, but the Rockets 98, 94, they go on top of the golden state warriors. They're going back to Oracle with a three, two lead. And Chris Paul has been ruled out. We've seen that now again. It was questionable all day today, but just came out within the last half hour or so that Chris Paul is going to be out for game six. And I know that was a debated question. Do you sit Chris Paul if he's not fully healthy so he can be as rested as possible for game seven? I was of the belief that you have to play him. 
if you play him, if you have any kind of way that he can get on the court and he can walk and run and actually be an effective basketball player, despite not being 100%, I thought you had to go with him. But they're deciding to keep him out for game six. And Nada, this tells me, this tells you as well. If they're going this early, you know, this game is not yeah. going to be played for even more so than 24 hours. Man, game seven looks like it's in doubt. And for me, if game seven's in doubt for Chris Paul, if he does not go, I don't give the Rockets a chance. I don't. I, I think the Rockets I go think, down in game seven. I think seven. you need to hold off on that just a little bit because I'm not sure if we're going to see Andre Iguodala for the rest of the series. I'm pretty sure that... Should the Rockets even win game six? And I don't think it's likely that they do that. I'm not sure that they, even if Chris Paul, let's say Rockets advance in six. I'm not sure that even if game one of the finals hit, that Chris Paul would be ready because hamstring injuries are generally what one two week injuries. Well, and this is re-aggravated for him. I mean, this is something that he already suffered this season, which is certainly not good. and that's the, that's the thing, though. We're talking about a hamstring injury right. that generally lasts one, two weeks. Andre Iguodala's been out for, what, a good, po- like, two games. Yeah. Probably will miss a third. I, I wouldn't say that it's likely that the Rockets win this series. I'm just not doubting them, especially with the health on the other side. Curry's still coming back, and you have Clay Thompson still injured, and Iguodala we're not sure about. And the big question for the Rockets are, where are all those shots going to go that Chris Paul was taking? Because the majority of offense was coming from Paul and Harden. Harden has not been able to hit a three-point shot to save his life. 0 for 11 in that last game. So who's taking those shots? Will it be more of Harden, or will those get divvied up between Tucker, Ariza, and Gordon? See, and I'm thinking thinking maybe a little bit more Harden, but I'm thinking Gordon. And so you look at Mike D'Antoni. He did say that if Chris Paul isn't able to go – that he would put Eric Gordon at that point guard spot. Really, he called it the playmaker spot, which is probably more accurate for a guy like Eric Gordon taking his place. And we've seen Eric Gordon. like He's become more of a spot-up shooter, even with his time with the Pelicans. like That was kind of his role to stay outside and, and be able to drive when he wanted to. I believe in his playmaking ability. I, I, I do think Eric Gordon can take you off the dribble more than you've seen him. It's just that, why does Eric Gordon need to have that responsibility when you have Harden and Chris Paul? So I do believe in Gordon's ability to do so problem is is look at what we're the box score is up in front of us right now right Mm -hmm. when you look at the box score for the houston rockets you see seven guys who logged minutes then you're going to see six guys which is fine these are professional athletes but the next guy that you have up is gerald green who played 16 and talk about shot selection and it's 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 amazing to see gerald green just heave it as soon as it touches his hands i just don't have a lot of faith i i have too much faith in chris paul being able to organize everything offensively and if he's not there I believe in Eric Gordon's playmaking, maybe not so much for the assist ratio and be able to run that offense. The one thing I would point out, though, in the fourth quarter, two biggest plays for the Rockets yeah. were probably Eric Gordon plays. Again, Gordon drawing the foul on Kevin Durant to get the three three free throws, and then that Harden to Gordon pass to seal the essentially seal the game late with about a minute left. What was it? It was game. It was game five though. Chris Paul had the slip pass to Eric Gordon, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, right? Yeah. And that was a switch where again your point comes in as well, where Iguodala's not there. Iguodala doesn't do the Kivon Looney thing and nope. just chase that guy. So I'm with you. I, I'm here for the praise on Iguodala. I'm here to admit that that absence probably affects them more than a lot of other people want to admit. Because it's easy to say they have two league MVPs, they have two, four all-NBA players. If you don't have Iguodala, so be it. I'm not trying to hear that excuse. It's an absence. It's something that affects them. 
Still, to me, Chris Paul's absence, too no, much, too it, much. For it's no too much. But at the same time, the big thing about Iguodala's absence right now is that their ability to switch one to five is limited now because now Looney doesn't have the defensive smarts right now. Yeah. You can't put Sean Livingston out there for extended minutes without risking injury to him at this point. And Durant is only going to be so effective, especially as an off-ball rim defender right now. And Draymond's in his own head. I think it's pretty clear what the Rockets need to do. And that's uncork a big old bottle of Chardonnay. Actually, you know what? It's tasty. You know what? I just thought about this. We have a, again, the Houston I got Rockets. You. Thanks for bringing that wine up. Go ahead. Yeah. We have the Houston Rockets have a seven-time All-Star on their bench that we have not, uh, again, we're talking about uncorking. I believe it's time for the return of ISO Joe, folks. You know, I was asked on Twitter about this. That did we could we expect an ISO Joe game? And I and my response was I will never doubt the ability for an ISO Joe playoff game. My response to him is this the opportunity where you start to see Joe Johnson come in and get some minutes for the Houston Rockets? Now that's probably a good point. Again, what's interesting here though is that they, they do go seven deep. You would you you can't I mean you can't go six deep. Right. I mean you, you gotta you gotta throw somebody out there. Joe Johnson probably makes some sense. And Emba Mute. I defensively he was still okay, but I, I've never seen anybody miss so many bunnies in my life in the, in the first couple of games with this. Wait, series. wait, wait! Cody Zeller doesn't count. <laughs> no, not in this series. This is this is the this is the conference <laughs> finals. Not uh, Cody Zeller's not going there. So you have yep. Mbamute <laughs> hitting a couple, uh, missing all the all the bunnies in the world. But you, I want to get back to something you mentioned real quick before I get off on a tangent again. Draymond Green is absolutely shook as any player out there on the court right now. Yes, he is. He absolutely is. And that that's the crazy part about it. He's in his own head. Defensively, he's playing great. Offensively, it's like he's Chuck Knobloch I mean, out there. Oh, my God. He, he absolutely has the yips, man. I mean, watching Draymond Green be as mentally strong as we've seen him throughout his career, Draymond is the guy getting in everyone else's head. He's the guy that's tweeting Kevin Durant or texting Kevin Durant, texting Steph Curry and all of those guys saying, you know, just do you keep doing what you're doing and we'll be fine. He's the one that makes sure everyone else kind of loses their cool on the court. But think about this sequence of events. It's embarrassing what's happened to Draymond. Yeah. And Draymond doesn't want that stuff out there because honestly, I ain't seen Draymond get bodied like that before. No, I've never seen it either. I mean, Draymond, do, that doesn't happen to him. So Draymond gets dunked on bad, all up in his grill by James Harden. He gets kind of dunked on again last night, but he makes sure it's not real bad. So he goes to the side. Yeah, he has his own Sprite commercial. He gets rim stuffed, which is almost as bad. Like we just don't see it as much in the NBA. But you could make an argument it's worse than getting dunked on. Getting rim stuffed. No, it absolutely is. Absolutely. Yeah. Is. Getting rim stuffed is worse than getting dunked on. That happened at the two extreme levels twice to him. And Draymond missed two bad layups in that game. And he's passing up open shots. Draymond, he wants nothing to do with that basketball, what's in his hands. And by the way, what's the last play last night? A bad pass by Steph Curry, but Draymond couldn't handle it. Draymond couldn't handle it. But the, the one thing we got to talk about, he did have that three late. He no, did he have did. that three. He did. He did. And, and he was he was yapping and everything else. <laughs> and then the next play right after that, eh. P. Joe Nuarnson. <laughs> oh, come on! Like what, what, what did you say? P. Joe Nuarnson. Oh, I get it. Joe Johnson. Ugh. That's my that's 
That's my that's, that's my Michael Cognac stretch. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tried I tried a Michael Doliac Cognac stretch. I think that might be right there. It's a Friday. I, Give it to me. I, I mean, I'll, I'll drink some. I'll try it if you got some. Wait, that, right that, that probably tastes like Boone's Farm. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> it. Uh, we got wine flowing everywhere. I love it when we bring the wine out, man. We just need to start bringing out the NBA wine on every single Friday. So we had sneak of the week. We talked some playoffs real quickly, though. I did want to mention since we've been checking out not his Twitter account. So Nod and I, we met, what, a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks ago, yeah. And so we did the follow thing, the exchange number thing, talk some basketball thing. I did see when it's immediate, the pictures that show up on the account. I saw UGK scroll up there. And UGK, again, I'm a huge hip-hop fan. I never get to talk about it with as far as any of the guys that I get to talk music with you know, hip hop something as you know crazy important exactly. to me exactly we can't you can't it. rely on Doug for that and Doug as many things we can rely on him I'm for hip s- I'm cool <laughs> yeah we get Glenn Close on the sir. flippity flip yeah Glenn Close yes Glenn Close that is that is perfect and the flippity flip that is absolutely perfect for for Doug <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's gonna be my, that's gonna be my head flip. but here for, by the way like Houston Toyota Center right they yeah. need to be playing murder right they need to be they playing do murder need to be playing can, some can, murder, not, can some we not get some UGK in this fight? Like, why? Why you got to bring out Bun B and Pimp C out here? What does UGK well, P- Pimp stand for? Underground Kings, <laughs> Underground Kings, my friend. The when thing I, we're, Google, I think we're going into the mind of Doug as Google, he's as he's Google searching. These guys think, riding dirty. Yes, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think I've heard that one. Um, no, you haven't. <laughs> You're thinking Chameleonaire, who's also from Houston. Yes, he is from Houston. Very weird there. But also, so we're talking, we need to get some murder going on. I think that would be the appropriate song from the best album that they have. Yes. From the best album that they had playing in Toyota Center. And what's funny is I saw Bomati Jones tweet this out earlier in the regular season. I think Golden State was playing Diamonds and Wood within a regular season game. No, they no, they have. And, and it had to be pointed out because no one else is doing that. No, no one else is doing that. You know what the funny thing is? We talk about like arena music. You know who has the best like cross section of arena music that we don't talk about enough? The Utah Bet Jazz. Midler. <laughs> Bet Midler. Bet Midler. I can't. I, I, can't, I can't even do that. I like, can't. Like literally. I, I can't. I can't with you, man. Yeah, but Utah. That's that Utah's is. Utah's got like the best selection of hip hop, and you wouldn't think that. Like you're in the oh, middle no. of Salt Lake. Are City. the Mormons bumping it out there in Utah like that? I, I, yes. I have no clue. Yes, I had, I had no clue. Ironically, them and um, San Antonio for a while because I I it, could see that San Antonio was playing Rack City like before <laughs> it got really big. Before Rack City was a thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I'm here. I'm here for murder to be played at Toyota Center. It's just a thought. I'm just going to throw it out there, especially when you're up three two game seven. You bring it at home. You play something from Riding Dirty, one of the best Southern rap albums, probably after Equemini, appropriately after Equemini, and probably I'm putting a second. Nada, I've got a second. I think you got to put a couple Scarface, the fix especially. Scarface is is up there. I'm going I, UGK. It's probably a little bit biased, but to me, I'm putting Ryan Dirty. It would be the perfect, maybe not troll, but it would be the perfect answer to Diamonds and Wood being played at Oracle. Yeah. Play play some from Ryan Dirty in Toyota Center. All right, fun show today, man. Wrapping it up this week. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fun Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. See you guys.